Patty, we need a disclaimer. The intro's coming. Okay. Wait, just tell me when. Go, go. Oh, the contents of the yeah. lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They're not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Today on the lab report, <laughs> Kristen Holmes. Vice President of Performance Science at Whoop. That was close. That was close. It almost, it was it biting was at your heels for sure. <laughs> the world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. Can't push me, Michael. I'm from the Northeast and I drink a lot of coffee. I, I can know. talk really I knew, fast. Yeah, I would. We should start timing it. Like, yeah. what kind of record you could do? Because yeah. I bet that's impressive. I can do it. Hello. Hey, Michael Chapman. Patty Devers. What's up? <laughs> Not a lot. How yeah. are you doing today? I'm great. Cool. I am great. Well, I'm so Thank glad you're here. Thank you for asking. That's yeah. always makes I'm me a feel a good friend. Oh well, yeah, I, I I know. I appreciate that. It's good to have friends in the world. So uh, this is a podcast called The Lab Report. It's brought to you by Genova Diagnostics. Thank you. We haven't said this in a while, but thank you, Genova Diagnostics. We have thanked Genova. You're right. You know, and like they did provide us the yeah. microphones and basically everything. It's the reason we're sitting here. And the here. audience. So, and, and <laughs> That's for right. whatever reason, they are trusting us to speak to the <laughs> audience. So thank you for that, I guess, I suppose. Well, thank you for Genova. Thank you for the audience. And we're so grateful that you all keep tuning back into this quirky little show. Sure. Welcome. And it is, if, it's definitely yeah. a time for giving thanks. And so <laughs> yeah. we're maybe we're overdoing it at this point. But hey, yeah. here we are. But welcome if you're brand new. And maybe if you like this show, you can go to iTunes or Spotify, subscribe, rate, review, download, share with your friends because we got important things to talk Absolutely. about. And if you're feeling appreciative, you can leave a message. You can do feedback. You can send additional feedback to podcast at gdx.net. Send us your Christmas list and um hmm. i mean you know if your christmas list has topics for additional oh, podcast episodes i'm thinking content are we really buying gifts that's actually that's, that's my christmas list is like can someone pre- provide us additional content yeah. ideas that would yeah. be fantastic Send do, them our, do our jobs for us podcast at gdx.net <laughs> thank you for doing our job for us <laughs> speaking of doing our job for us we're physicians right and yeah. uh, we're supposed to s- essentially understand different biometric data labs things of this nature mm-hmm. put it together put it into some sort bada of boom, bada bang. evaluation of the patient's overall status and it seems like now whoop is doing the job for us because they are absolutely collecting this biometric data turning it into algorithms that are able to predict people's general health and their outcomes and uh, provide that back. It's a biofeedback machine that you wear on your wrist, and not only on your wrist, but we'll get into it. Whoop body, baby. And we so, want to talk um, about Whoop. Who do we go to? Kristen Holmes, who is the Vice President of Performance Science at Whoop. And and we're going to pick her brain about all of this health data that Whoop collects and how to optimize your performance, how to optimize your health, get better sleep, decrease your stress. She's going to answer it all for us. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. I've been a big fan of Whoop, and so without further ado, let's get right to it. Michael Kristen Holmes is here. It's crazy. I know, right? I'm, I'm so excited about this. I know. I can't tell you. And for those of you who don't know who Kristen Holmes is, perhaps you live under a rock. Kristen Holmes is the Vice President of Performance Science at Whoop, an industry leader in wearable devices. Yes. Kristen graduated with a bachelor's degree in political science 
at the University of Iowa, then received a master's in psychology and sports performance from the University of the Rockies. She is currently a PhD candidate in psychology at the University of Queensland. Kristen also happens to be an incredibly accomplished athlete as a former member of the U.S. National Field Hockey Team and one of the most successful field hockey coaches in Ivy League history. Coupling her athletic background with her keen interest in psychology and physiology, Kristen works with WHOOP to offer tangible performance and health data to elite athletes and allow anyone to transform their lives with positive behavior change, fitness improvements, and injury reduction. And with that, welcome to the show, Kristen. Thank you so much. Gosh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> well, so we are certainly going to get into all things Whoop because it's super fascinating what you guys are doing over there. But first, just tell us a little bit about the journey from elite college athlete and coach to where you are now, vice president of performance science at Whoop. Yeah, I, you know, I guess like just, you know, when you're coaching and trying to be as competitive as possible and keep your athletes like safe and healthy along that journey, um, you know, I, I think if you're good at your job, you, you kind of surround yourself with, with ways to kind of measure and, and monitor mm -hmm. the environment and, um, and in this case, the, you know, the athlete's physiology. And so I, I got uh, very much into to that um, mm -hmm. path. So just trying to, to build up as much quantitative and qualitative data as I could to really understand how my athletes were responding to not only training load, um, because I quickly found that that's just really a small piece of the puzzle, but um, really how they're responding to just life demands in general. So that really required, you know, kind of a 24-7 type of system in order to account for all the variables, both physiological and psychological, that actually influence performance. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, whether or not you can kind of, uh, you know, intentionally behave at a level equal to your, you know, kind of physical, mental, and emotional potential, which is kind of my loose definition of, um, of mm -hmm. performance. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so I, I just, I, I really got into to technology um, as a way to foster, you know, human performance and was kind of building my own version at, at Princeton. And I guess that's um, Princeton University. And that's when I met the CEO um, at Whoop, hmm. uh, Will Ahmed. And um, yeah, and just, and just uh, really fell in love with the technology that they were, they were building and, you know, just really saw it as this incredible path for certainly for, for elite athletes to better get a handle on, um, on their physiology, better a, a path to manage their physiology um, and, and, and a path to focus on what's really important as it relates to, you know, showing up with capacity as consistently as possible. And, um, yeah, he kind of asked me to join, join the team and, and, you know, and I've been at it for, you know, I guess for the last six years, um, yeah, trying to evangelize the, the, the concepts and mm -hmm. um, really get it in the hands of as many folks as we can. Well, yes. talk about a chance meeting. That's amazing. And, yeah. you know, for those who aren't familiar with Whoop, can you talk a little bit about what your company does and why Whoop is different than other wearable devices? Sure. Yeah. Whoop is a 24-7 physiological monitoring device. Um, you wear it on your wrist. Um, it does not have a watch face, so it's just passively collecting data. Mm -hmm. So you engage with it when you want to. Um, via um, a mobile application. So all the data is collected on the wrist and loads into, into the app where you can kind of open it up and see insights related to your sleep, um, go really deep on sleep, um, your recovery, which is your capacity to take on strain. So we have a proprietary algorithm that um, kind of gives you insight into how your body is responding and adapting to external stress, um, and strain, which is a summary statistic of your cardiovascular load. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And I think a lot of people are familiar with, um, you know, we've talked quite a bit on this program about the clinical application of um, heart rate, HRV, yeah. heart rate yeah. variability yes. and, and its yes. importance in recovery. Um, yes. And so do you want to talk a little bit about kind of how you stumbled into heart rate variability as, as far as an interest into overall recovery, I guess? Yeah. I mean, heart rate variability is, um, it, it's basically a, a a biomarker of an individual's overall resilience profile. Um, so it's, um, and you know, it kind of, it correlates with, um, I think sleep quality. It's not a linear relationship, but certainly related, you know, you get really shitty sleep and your HRV, (laughs) um, goes down, uh, you know, it's, it's not always the case, but that's, you know, there, there's a very strong relationship there, but yeah, I mean, HRV is just a, it's incredible estimator of, of just how your body's, um, responding and adapting, you know, physically, mentally, and emotionally to everyday stress. Um, and and what's great about it is you can't, you know, it's why you, you can act, actually actively control your autonomic nervous system through, you know, various techniques you Can talk about those if you want, but, but generally speaking, you know, these are automatic processes, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, while you might be having, you know, kind of psychologically a, a pretty tough day and, and you might be aware of it, you, you might not be aware of it, you know, it, it will manifest in your, in your, in your heart rate variability. And, and those are, um, you know, data and insights that you can, that you can get that you, you wouldn't have otherwise gotten, you know, or you're, mm-hmm. you know, about to get really sick you know, generally speaking, you know, your HRV is going to be, um, you know, impacted. So, you know, there's, there's lots of ways HRV can be utilized. Um, but, but I think at, at the highest level, it's really just a, a wonderful indication on, on how you're adapting, um, to just life demands. And, you know, data is so compelling to, to patients and people and athletes. And, you know, you might think yeah. that you had a really great night's sleep, but according to your whoop or, or some of your other wearable devices, you may not have. So I, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, that's well said. Yeah. The other thing that's fascinating, too, is how versatile HRV ends up being. I was thinking about how, you know, I learned about HRV through clinical biofeedback and just as being part of that. And we were mostly studying studying it under the context of essential hypertension. But to th- oh, yeah. yeah, and then yeah. to think about how applicable it is to people of uh, sports performance tracking recovery, right? right? It's like yeah. an entirely different, pa- like opposite end of the spectrum right. from patients, right? <laughs> and so yep. it's just so versatile. I, I love that aspect of it. So uh, I, I, you're, you're dead on, you know, and, and I think that's what we're starting to see is that, I mean, it's funny how little HRV is actually used, you know, when we think right. about, you know, just you know, the clinical space. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, you know, a, a lot of it is very valid concerns around standardization and, um, you know, access to the data and, and all of that, it, it, you know, how, how, you know, one is calculating heart rate variability. I mean, there are a lot of complex complexities and I don't, you know, mean to, um, you know, not call those out, but, you know, right, but at the same right. time, I think there's way more upside, right. Than, than, you know, I, I think, especially as you look across devices and, and, you know, it, we're really getting accurate, you know, at, at being able to, right. to, to, um, you know, to, to measure and, and calculate HRV. And, um, and, and I think just establishing a baseline, uh, I think it's just an incredible source of insight that, you know, we can use, um, at, at a clinical level. So yeah, I, I'm obviously just very bullish on the, uh, it is a biomarker just generally, but, <laughs> yes. but yeah. Nice. Well, and whoop recently released its latest version, uh, 4.0, 
with Whoop Body, which I was like, clothes. What? Patty will tell you. I yeah. was on the website for like hours. Explain this to me. Um, These are this is like clothes. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm a big right. fan of wearable tech, you know, right, in right. general. And so the fact that you've established it into clothing, um, it's just really, really cool. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the features that are so that come with that? For sure. Yeah. So with 4.0, um, you know, I, I guess maybe I can start with the hardware because we we definitely made significant changes to the mm-hmm. to the, actually the design of, and okay. we made it smaller, which um, seems impossible because we actually added, you know, wow. kind of more sensors. Yeah. So it's 33% smaller um, than our 3.0. Mm-hmm. So it's taking up less real estate on your wrist, which is kind of cool. Right. Um, and but we were actually while making it smaller, and this just blows my mind, we're actually able to to maintain our, our battery life, um, the same battery life as our 3.0, which is five days. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. so that was really cool. Um, we enhanced our sensor configuration, um, which maybe this is like too geeky of a no, conversation. Never. But I want to um, hear it. <laughs> you know, so we have like four times the number of photodiodes on the sensor and um, five LEDs um, that basically use like green, red, um, and uh, blah, 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 infrared infrared light. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, to be able to capture new metrics um, and and also like increase at the same time increase data accuracy. Mm-hmm. So our 4.0 actually got more accurate, um, which is which is so cool. Yeah. Um, and these basically the three different wave um, our five LEDs they basically use three different wavelengths of light. Um, so that allows us to, you know, basically capture SpO two and um, uh, which is, you know, a new kind of a new well, metric yeah. for us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't used to have that. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so pulse ox and, 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 uh, blood oxygen levels, um, we're now, now able to, to capture. Awesome. Um, we also have a new cool feature. Um, I don't know if you've tried it at Pat. Do you guys have the 4.0 yet? Not yet. Not yet. Oh, darn. The I'm sorry. Has it okay. on order, by the way. We have the, <laughs> okay. we're on back I, order. Know. <laughs> I know, I know supply chain is like yeah. crushing, <laughs> right. but um, but yeah, it, there's like a haptic feedback, which I'm like just loving right now. You can, it basically just vibrates on your wrist. So you have your alarm. So, you know, in the morning, I mean, I, I basically wake up at the same time, but you know, whoop will vibrate on my wrist, you know, once I've kind of met my sleep need. Cool. Um, so yeah, it's pretty neat. So, and, and there's a, we did this really cool research with, um, with, uh, McKinsey with a hundred CEOs. And what we saw is that, so sleep need isn't just this random number generator. So it's, it's basically whoop is going to tell you based on a whole bunch of factors, how much time you need to spend in bed in order to optimally regenerate for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people, I think sometimes you're like, Oh, what, you know, this is just like this random number. But what we found is that the, the Delta between what whoop says you need versus what you got, um, which is basically your sleep debt um, predicted next day, working memory and executive function. So for every 45 minutes of sleep debt, the individual um, um, accrued, they had a five to 10% knock on their next day executive functioning working memory as measured by Stroop and NBAC. Wow. That's fascinating. Oh my gosh. So, Isn't that amazing? So that little sleep debt metric um, and, you know, listen to sleep needs. So I'm like all over. I'm like, I'm just going to let Whoop wake me up when I've yep. met my sleep need. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. Right. Well, and it, it there's a lot of different concepts and theories out there. I mean, you're, you're studying to, for a PhD in psychology right now. So, you know, yeah. I, I think about all these various approaches that we've traditionally had around sleep where, you know, whether it's you 
essentially what you're saying is that sleep is based on kind of more immediate pr- that day's effects. Um, do you also see that there's correlations between like that week's sleep habits or that month's sleep habits or anything like that? Have you guys looked into that? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely folks who are getting overall less sleep than what they need, um, generally speaking, um, will have a degradation in their, their metrics, you know, so you'll Mm -hmm. see, and, and when you look at their metrics, um, next to kind of population levels, um, of, of, you know, just like really healthy people, for example, we, we've got this great data set and that we can kind of look at, you know, it's a generally healthy population. So when we do a study with example, for example, with, you know, 250 trauma surgeons, we can basically compare their data to like a normal subset. So it's, it's very, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing to kind of be able to like draw, draw the, you know, show the comparison of like what like normal folks are who aren't in these kind of high stress, high stakes environments, what their sleep looks like and what their metrics look like, same age. So do age match cohort. And yes, we absolutely see that these people have, you know, relative to kind of their healthy age match cohort, a a lower heart rate variability, you know, which is not good, higher resting heart rate generally. um, And they're just simply not spending as much time in bed. So for the most part, they're kind of in the sixes on average um, for time spent in bed. And as we know from all the research that's been done out there, you know, you need to be spending as an adult, you know, roughly seven to nine hours in bed. Yeah. Great. Um, that's, yeah. that's a powerful Isn't validation it? It of the uh, algorithm. Yeah. Right. I, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, we saw this, we were able to look at, um, uh, so part of my PhD is, is, um, a study we're doing with us army, a uh, thousand paratroopers. And, uh, you know, in, what I'm looking at is, is kind of the impact of circadian alignment on, on resilience and high stress environments and kind of looking at all these, you know, kind of, um, um, so ob- objective parameters that we're able to track on at whoop. And then also, you know, a bunch of physio- um, you know, kind of, uh, qualitative measures as well, uh, related to resilience. But, um, you know, what was really interesting is that when we look at, um, things like sleep consistency, um, uh, sleep efficiency, again, you look at age and you match that to kind of folks who are not, um, tactical, who you don't identify as tactical athletes. So this is just folks in the wild who aren't military or tactical, um, you know, their metrics are much better, right? Which isn't right. surprising, right? So sure. right. this this environment is taking a toll on folks. Yeah. So, you know, just being able to highlight the specifics around, okay, if there, there, there is a playbook, right? There are things that we can do to help these individuals who are in these high stress, high stress, high stakes environments to be able to buffer the, the impact of, of some of these, um, of just a lifestyle of being in the military. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's just yeah huge, huge potential to kind of use these data to really, um, highlight where people can apply their effort to, you know, to improve their situation. It's fascinating. That's super fascinating. And it, it makes me wonder too. I mean, there's so many questions about sleep that, right. you know, at the end of the day, like one of them, I guess, is even though we can have, you know, either more or less stressful days, weeks, is there a way to change how we're sleeping too throughout the night? Not just necessarily seven to nine hours, but like, here's what I'm saying. Yeah. I have two <laughs> small kids, right. I have two small kids <laughs> yeah, at yeah. home that are basically <laughs> yeah. like small wild animals. And the question is, can I sleep harder even if I'm not sleeping as long to, to compensate? Yeah. Like, is that, I is mean, that a thing? Yeah. I mean, your body is amazing, right? Like it's going to, um, it's going to know what, where you're deficient in terms of, you know, your REM and so you sleep. And when you are sleep deprived and you do finally get to sleep, you know, your body is going to kind of over index 
to, to whatever it is that you need, right. To, to kind of get the restoration that, that that's required. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That said, you know, you, you can't make up for biological sleep per se. Right. <laughs> um, so there's always that, but there, there are some tools that you can deploy that will um, kind of help um, help you deal with um, a short night's sleep. Um, one of the most effective tools um, is called yoga nidra. And I don't know if I can go so so far to say that it um, actually mimics soul sleep, but it, it seems to put the individual in a, in a such a deep state of relaxation that um, we're, we're, we've been using this with uh, you know trauma surgeons and you know surgeons and folks with short night sleep um, and, and tactical space as well, and it does seem to have an incredible effect. And it's basically just a mind body scan. Um, and it takes about 20 minutes um, hmm. and it's referred to, um, it's starting to gain traction. It's called a non-sleep deep rest protocol. Hmm. Um, and it's called Yoga Nidra. And it's really the most efficacious in terms of, um, you know, in terms of it being as close to to, to sleep as you can get um, without sleeping. Uh, and some pe- folks really struggle napping as well. So this is also a great protocol to deploy, like literally just lay on your office floor (laughs) and, um, and do a 20 minute yoga nidra and, and it will essentially kind of reduce your sleep need for that night. So knowing that you aren't going to get the seven and a half hours or eight hours of sleep that you need, you know, this is a good buffer. Um, and also, you know, breathing techniques, you know, there's, there's different breathing techniques you can deploy as well that are, are kind of helpful and, um, kind of bridging that gap when, when you're not able to get the sleep that you need. Well, perfect. See, Michael, you need yoga nidra. Well, and that's fact, right. And, and the colleagues are used to me laying on the floor of the right. office anyway. Right. Now I'll just be <laughs> perfect. Yeah. And I smell a Christmas <laughs> gift. I'm going to get you a whoop for all. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Kristen, I mean, you can't turn on any professional sporting event without seeing professional athletes wearing whoop. I mean, they're yeah. all wearing them. We've interviewed several elite CrossFit, uh, CrossFit athletes who swear by yeah. whoop. As, you know, you're the vice president of performance science. How do you yeah. define optimal performance? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of alluded to it earlier. I've been carrying around this definition for like two decades. Um, yeah, I think it's the capacity of, of an individual to intentionally behave at a level equal to their physical, mental, and emotional potential. Hmm. So the capacity of an individual to intentionally behave at a level equal to their physical, mental, and emotional potential. So to, to me, that definition is not about a goal. Okay. Um, it's about a system. Right. And, and I think that's where we go wrong in building products, frankly, (laughs) Um, I can really deep on that, Um, uh, you know, creating, you know, uh, you know, sports, sports teams, um, just organizations and general companies, you know, we have these goals, right. Mm -hmm. But, but what happens and you achieve the goal, but you don't have a system in place that actually enables you to consistently win. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, when I think about, you know, my time at Princeton, for example, I mean, we won 12 Ivy League championships in 13 years. We did that because we have a system. We weren't chasing okay. goals per se. We were really, we had a robust system that I think, you know, measured and monitored the things that were most, um, you know, correlated with um, the outcomes that we wanted. Um, but it wasn't about the outcome, right? It was about really nurturing the system. Um, and I think that's kind of the definition helps to, I think, kind of capture that. 
Well, then does does Whoop then help optimal performance by tracking that data in the midst of a system, or does Whoop actually contribute to changing those expectations, mental, emotional, and all of those other things? Interesting. That you said? Question. Yeah. That's a, a beautiful question. Um, I think that's where we're that's where we're trying to get. You know, I mean, that's literally like my daily kind of um, you know fight is the wrong word, but you know, I I'm really trying to advocate for a direction that is is really based that are you know very clear behaviors that our members can grasp onto mm -hmm. that will help the biometric data, the biomarkers that we say are important to track. So, you know, for example, if you've got a low recovery or you have short sleep or, you know, what, what can I do to kind of help my situation? If I'm a new parent, you know, we should be smart enough to know um, that you're a new parent, right? And that you're going to struggle to get, you know, so yelling at you for not meeting your sleep need is to me just very unsophisticated, right? Like if you put in, Hey, I'm a new parent and I can't meet my sleep need, then we should be pushing behaviors to you. We should coach you to help you understand, okay, what are the behaviors that I can do to, um, you know, buffer the, the effect of short sleep? You know, we should be giving you a, no, a yoga nidra script in our app that you can access as a recover, uh, as a recovery modality, right. Or a mm. sleep, a sleep, um, enhancer, right. Where you can do the, the thing and then you can, you know, the modality, and then you can actually see how you did, right? Like you can see the effect on your physiology from doing that, that modality and, and get feedback on it, you know, after a week's time, for example, um, you know, we should be uh, surfacing breathing techniques that we know are the most efficacious, the ones that we can track, you know, with biofeedback, with heart rate variability and respiratory rate and be, you know, give you a score on, on how you did during that session and be able to track that over time. Um, you know, these are things that like, you know, we, we, sh we hopefully will, you know, we'll be, we'll be surfacing yeah. to our members, but a hundred percent, I think we're trying to, you know, track measurable results against, you know, what you say is important to you, um, and show, you know, implicitly and explicitly, you know, how those behaviors are actually affecting, you know, the, the outcome. So, so yes, I think we're trying to create a system of, you know, of behaviors that are going to kind of guide you to a better future. The strain coach is a great example of mm -hmm. that, you know, mm -hmm. where I think is, is just an incredible feature um, that is, is really doing just that. Nice. Great. It is fascinating too. Like I'm kind of curious about this really interesting definition of optimal performance that you laid out as being somewhat of a system. And I wonder, this might be a little nuanced, but the question I had following up on that was like, it, I think taken a different direction, some people might interpret that as perhaps being perfectionism. And I don't, I don't think of it as the same thing as the way that you laid it out, but I'm just curious if you have thought about that or if you've thought about how these, this idea of optimal performance is different from perfectionism, especially since in athletes, mm -hmm. we're talking about such a narrow window right. of right. improvement. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I guess there's a couple things there. I, it, I don't think it's about being important, uh, being perfect. I think it's, it's about, you know, what, how do I want to show up in the world? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, and I, you know, I, I guess I can use myself as an example, like, you know, I'm just really interested in, you know, as often as possible, you know, so if I look at the month, for example, like, you know, 26 of the 30 days, like I want to be able to show up as the best version of myself, you know, like I want to have the mental, physical, emotional capacity to be engaged for the things that are important to me, um, be able to, you know, 
mm-hmm. be there for, for my children and, and be there for my colleagues and, and be able to engage in my, my work at, you know, the highest level possible, uh, be able to, you know, exercise. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I think, you know, showing up for me is, 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 you know, I, I don't think I can do that if I'm not tracking certain things. And it's not about being perfect, but it's just understanding that, hey, when I eat like crap, like I, I don't, I can't show up tomorrow and be as, as present and engaged as I want to be. Right. Like right, right. I just, I just can't. So, um, so for me, it's, it's the intentional part of that kind of definition is, is that, you know, there's so many things that we, we don't have to guess at. Right. It's just a matter of making a choice. And, and I guess like that's the bridge that I'm always trying to, you know, kind of, um, you know, uh, I guess cross, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, is, is, or, you know, just, yeah, I'm just trying to, that's the bridge I'm trying to make, I guess, between, um, you know, kind of that attention and, and those and the choices. And, um, and I, and I think just data is an awesome opportunity to just understand how to apply your effort. So you can spend more time with the people that you love and doing the things that you love with a, a level of energy and engagement that feels really good. Um, so, that I guess that's hopefully that answers the question, but yeah, yeah. it does. Kind of profound. And actually. the other thing I think that's really key that you said earlier too was that it's it seems to be untethered from the goal. And when I think of perfectionism, so much of that is about expectation. You know, whether something does or does yeah. not live up to expectation. And when you're focusing on the system, it sort of removes the expectation entirely from it mm-hmm. ultimately, so that you end up just kind of essentially proceeding and and ending up where you want to because you've put the rules in place. But I also I also heard her say that you know optimal performance doesn't mean elite athletes. It's it's how you show up in the world and that's everyone. And I think that's the, what yeah. I find profound. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I love that you mentioned um expectations. I think that 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 can be like I think quite a a big barrier just generally. Um yeah. Yeah. so you know like um not just uh, in performance, you know, just as you're kind of engaging in a, a task per se, but, um, just even in relationships to a degree. Um, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's like, we consider this, this notion of like, um, you know, fear. And I, I think fear being like, you know, if we, if we bring this back to whoop, you know, I think when, when we're, you know, in a state where we're afraid, you know, we're kind of engaging, um, the part of our system that, you know, leads to kind of inflammation and, you know, kind of cortisol, kind of high levels of activation. Um, and if we're not thinking about kind of time expectations and attachment in a way that is healthy, um, we kind of end up with this really unbalanced nervous system, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, that I think really starts to, um, eat away at our, our, our mental, physical, emotional health. Talk yeah. about root cause chronic diseases. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Oh, gosh. Especially God, today. Totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And yesterday and the last two years <laughs> and all of it. <laughs> well, so you're currently working um, toward a PhD in psychology, as we mentioned, and we know behavior change, you know, is such a root cause of, opti- or, you know, a root of optimizing health and important yeah. in root cause medicine. So, you know, with the wearable device data, it certainly can be compelling to patients. Is there any downsides that we should be concerned about as far as, you know, constantly kind of tracking and monitoring our systems and things like that? Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's, yeah, there, I mean, there's, there's always that, you know, I, I, I did a, 
podcast with like one of my heroes, Dr. Jim Lehrer, um, mm-hmm. L-O-E-H-R. He was like the first performance psychologist and super prolific, has, has written just a ton of books on just the mental game. And, mm-hmm. um, and he was one of the first people ever to use like biofeedback. And he's, he kind of, I think has a really great way of framing the use of technology. And he, he says that it's like the face, the truth moment. Right. And, you know, you can be anxious or you can just face the truth <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and just knowing that by facing the truth, you're creating shortcuts for yourself that you wouldn't otherwise have. And, and to me, like, it's like we can ignore like stuff related to our health. We could ignore that, you know, we're poor sleepers. We can ignore that we're maybe putting crappy stuff in our body consistently or we're underhydrated or we're not active enough. Like we can ignore those things, but they will come at a cost, right? So I guess the education that needs to, I think, get out there is is just that, you know, these data just help us understand where to apply our effort. Hmm. You know, if I have, um, if my HRV, for example, is, you know, chronically suppressed, okay, well, there's probably a lot of, I've got inflammation, like, okay, what's the root of that inflammation? Like, you know, we can start to unpack it pretty quickly. Is it, is it physiological? Is it psychological? Right. Mm -hmm. We can start to, you know, cause it's not a gazillion things that's necessarily going to impact um, my heart variability, for example, it's like a, you know, it's a, just a very core list of like eight things, right? Mm-hmm. So if we can just have a little bit of a framework around, all right, these are the things that I know are going to be most, are most influential at, you know, impacting my autonomic nervous system. Um, you know, how am I dealing with these things? And you can just use that data to just be more, ask better questions, frankly, of yourself, ask better questions of your healthcare provider, actually start to gain some agency over your health. And so, yes, I think people can get anxious about it, but I think that to me, like it's, I think the truth is, is more important. And, and, and there are times that, yeah, you put it away, you start to just focus on the habits that you know are going to get you, you know, in a healthier space. Um, and, and so you don't need technology every single day um, necessarily for folks who maybe are a little bit more anxious, but I think it serves as like a, a great kind of face the truth type of moment. Mm. I like that. Yeah. I like that. And it is, I mean, the educational piece of this, you know, and there's so much, there's so many resources yeah. available to people now that they want to be more educated. They want to take control of their own health. But Kristen yeah. Holmes, we can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. We're going to encourage all of our listeners to check out Whoop 4.0 and Whoop Body and go to their website. They have a podcast, there's blogs. But before we let you go, Kristen, we do have one last question that I'm going to kick to Michael Chapman. Oh, yeah, we have silly questions at the end of interviews. I hope you don't <laughs> mind. It's called okay. a fireball question. And um, this one okay. is really weird. It just came to me, oh, no. so I apologize for this one. I apologize but in advance, As we were ma'am. talking about, I, I had the image of some sort of like a pet wearing a wearable device. Oh, my goodness. And so I'm wondering, if there were a pet out there, what, what pet would have the greatest HRV. Horse. Whoa. Whoa. Without a no hesitation. delay. That was amazing. Why? Why, Why do you say that? <laughs> you said rapid fire. Like <laughs> at first. I always want to get a, I always feel like there's just like a, a huge, I, I just, yeah, I have this like fantasy that like some, yeah, like horse owner, like 
gives me a bunch of money and I, I can just like, just put the, put the whoop device on the horse and just monitor its HRV and optimize yeah. um, the horse. Yeah. Well, like no. resor- think of resources, right? Well, that like is, the, yeah. yeah. And, and we think of a lot I of think, different things, right. acupuncture, homeopathy, yeah. all these things have been tested out, especially yeah. on horses. I'm That's sure amazing. they're probably already on horses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We well, need the data. Well, Kristen Holmes, we're so grateful you spent time with us. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. And uh, I, I feel like I got distracted on anywhere, but yeah, we're really excited about making whoop invisible on the body and, and just being able to, you know, put it all sorts of different places so you can free up your wrists if you don't want to wear it there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, we're pretty pumped about that. Awesome. But thanks for having me. Yeah, Thank absolutely. <laughs> can I tell you my favorite part of that interview? <laughs> what? You asked Kristen Holmes, can I just sleep harder I mean, if I don't I, have the time? I, so <laughs> Such was, a great question. I was really hoping I could just sleep harder. I mean, <laughs> it's, what are you going to do, it's right? It's an amazing question. I loved it so much. <laughs> It's sort of like don't work harder, work smarter, you know? Right. Can I sleep smarter? Can my can my brain sleep smarter? We'll have to get Kristen on it. Sleep efficiency. It's going to be the next big thing. Whoop pillows. You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. How about how quickly she said horse? When I asked about a pet wearing a whoop, Uh that was like me, the equivalent of like a a pitcher being like throwing a 100 mile an hour pitch and being like, there's no way. And then it coming right back at your head. She didn't miss a beat. I know. I was like, best pet HRV, name it. And she was like, horse. It was like, like she'd been thinking about it for years. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not used to seeing Michael Chapman knocked off guard that quickly. I'm I'm fairly unflappable. <laughs> Cannot be flapped. I've seen I've seen you flap. I, I, I'm flapless. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>